passage of scripture found in uh, John chapter 13. And uh, we're just going to see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. When Russ was uh, trying to get his guitar in tune, for the past three or four weeks, God's had me in one of those places where he's speaking and I can't help but hear him. That may not make sense, okay? There are a lot, God speaks, I believe, uh, quite often to us, and we don't listen. Uh, we may not be in a place where we can hear, or we just don't want to listen. But I've been in one of those places where it was like God was just right in my face and saying, Nelson, do this, do that. Here's why I'm doing this. This is where you are. It's, just, it's been a sweet time, but it's been a very... Uh, terrifying time. Does that make sense? Uh, because I don't want to mess up. I don't want to miss what God's, where God's leading me. And so I'm going to share some of those things this morning. This, what I'm going to share this morning may not make a lot of sense, okay? I don't have any notes. I, I typically will sit down and take the time to, to write my, my sermon out so that at least I know where I'm going. But uh, I've known I was going to preach what I'm going to preach, whatever it is this morning. I've known it for three weeks. But as Russ was, was tweaking his guitar and trying to get his instrument in tune, I just heard God say, you know what, I'm here today to retune some instruments. I'm here to tweak. And you know what, I don't think that was, that was a, I know what a musician he is, okay? I'm not much of one, but I do understand that it, it's a big deal. If your instrument is not in tune, it makes funny noises in the most important places. And so... God wants to tweak us. God wants to tune us. And, and what I want to talk to, to, to you today is, it's about serving. And I, I've chosen to call this a lifestyle of service, and I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't give that title a lot of thought, okay? I'm going to tell you my secret. I gave Connie the passage of Scripture this morning, which I usually give her about Tuesday, and a title. And I don't, you know, if you, if you, if you if you know me, you know I don't care much for titles, so I, I had to come up with one. So at least it could be on the screen, okay? But we are we're going to talk about not just service, but serving, okay? There's a, there's there's service is important, but being a servant is what Jesus has called us to do. There's one thing about this church: this church will never rise any higher than it's willing to kneel and serve. If we won't serve, God can't use us in the kingdom of God. Y'all have heard me talk about Elisha and how Elisha, uh, Elijah threw his mantle on him. And, and he was the prophet. That was the, that was the sign. That was the symbol to everybody, the public declaration that, that Elisha is going to follow Elijah. But Elijah spent the next ten years as chief cook and bottle washer for Elijah. He washed, in fact, he became no, known as the one who pours water over Elijah's hand. The king didn't even know who he was. And I've said this before. God can use prophets who will serve. And God can use teachers who will serve. And God can use people who will serve. But he can't use prophets or teachers or leaders or people who won't serve. And folks, I don't know about you, but I'm getting to that place in my life where I want to make every moment count. And I don't mind being a servant. Uh, I'll tell you guys a story. Most of you don't know about this. Uh, whenever, whenever you get ready to go on a trip, does everything just kind of go haywire? Just it just like you had a flat tire and and it just 
the Thursday before I went to Mexico. I've got 10,000 things to get done. Okay. And I got here, and Kathy reminded me before I got here that I'm trying to think of the proper pronunciation, I mean the proper word for it, okay. <laughs> the potty. I'll just call it the potty. Everybody knows what the potty is, don't you? For those of you that need water closet, okay. I'm a plumber. I know the correct name. But the potty in the children's department would not flush. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll bring my little auger, my plunger, and I'll, I'll plunge it a little. I'll run my auger through it. No big deal. Well, two and a half hours later, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm wore out. The plunger's not doing anything. The auger's not doing anything. I'm at that place where, what do I do, God? And God goes, I don't know. I'm not the plumber. You are. Okay, I know what that means. So I, I take the bar. I mean, I, I've been, I mean, I'm on my knees and I'm not praying, okay? I'm, I'm working on this potty. And so I, I take it up. I take it out the back door and I've got it laid on its back. And I'm, you know, I'm, anyway. It had something in it that just I couldn't get out. I could see it, but I couldn't get it out. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to throw this thing in the dumpster. I'll go get a new one. I mean, I can fix this one, but I can put another one in. And so I did. Now, the whole time I could hear the enemy going, call somebody. Just call somebody. I'm going, why call somebody? I know how to do this. And so what I'm saying is I, I had to put everything aside and just right there use some of the talents and the tools God's given. If there was a need, I needed to meet it. I didn't have time, but guess what? The potty flushes in the children's department. <laughs> okay? And it doesn't use nearly as much water as the old one did. But God's teaching me to serve. And it's not a lesson, for those of you that know me, all I want to be is a servant of God. That's all I want. That's it. I want to get to heaven and God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your master. You know, I, I don't want a kingdom here. Because those kingdoms come and go. But God really has me on the, sort of on the altar right now. And he's, he's beating some stuff out of me. And I just want to share this passage of Scripture and say a few things and let God do what he wants to do. And we'll go from there. John chapter 13. Most of you are, are so familiar with this passage. And we've become so familiar with it that we miss the issue of this passage. We miss what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Hopefully, we're all on the same page screen-wise. But if you've got your Bible, follow along with us. So before the Passover celebration, in other words, they had gathered to celebrate the Passover. This is the, the evening before Jesus would go out and be arrested. That's, that's the context. And before they celebrate that Passover... It says that Jesus knew his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He knew what was about to happen. That there was no doubt in his mind what the next few hours would mean. And it says, and he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. And it was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas. Or as some translation, the devil had already entered Jesus. 
son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now, Jesus already knew this. He knew that one of his most close, his, his trusted friends, one of, those, one of those brothers that had traveled with him for three and a half years, he knew he was going to, to, to uh, turn him over. As we would say, he's going to roll him under the bus, in a sense. And so, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. He knew that he had come from God and he would return to God. Now, we read over that, but this is very, very, very important. Because if we don't understand who we are, and we don't understand where we're going or where we've come from, folks, we can't do the rest of what Jesus does here. Jesus, it said, he, he had authority. God had given him authority over everything. Everything means everything. Life, death, Roman government, Jewish Sanhedrin. He'd given him authority over everything. If you study the scriptures very closely, Jesus has given us some of that authority. Folks, we have the authority over the enemy. And we can tread on him. The word says that we can tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the, the enemy. And he has, he has no power over us. He has no power unless we give him power over us. We have to partner with him. You've heard me say that many times. But Jesus had been given all authority. So, I mean, he has all power. We forget about that sometimes. And then it says... And he, and he had come from God and would return to God. He knew where he had come from, and he knew where he was going. So there was no doubt inside of him who he was. Okay? He knew he was the Son of God. He knew that his Father was well pleased with him. He knew that he had accomplished everything that he was supposed to accomplish up to that moment. And then this just blows me away. King of kings, Lord of lords, the one with all authority, the one who would go back to heaven and take his seat on the throne at the right hand of Father. Listen to what it says. So he got up from the table, and he took off his robe, and he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water in a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel that he had around them. And so we read that so easily and so nonchalantly. But this is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's taken off his robe. And he's put a towel around his waist. And he's poured water into a basin. And he begins to kneel at the feet of the disciples. Now, you all know that the disciples and, and Jesus walked everywhere they went. And they wore sandals. You know, I knew that, and I know that. But a, a couple of years ago, we had the, the opportunity to go to Israel. And while we were in Israel, we took a day trip over to Petra in Jordan. And to get to Petra, you have to walk. Okay? And it's dusty. And once you get down into the ruins of Petra, there are camels and donkeys and camels and donkeys have no discrimination when it comes to, well, you know. And it's just people in, people out, people in, people out. And it's dust, dust, dust. And when we got through that day, we got back home. And I didn't have sandals on. I had, I had some sketchers, some leather sketchers on. They had a film on them that was about a, 
eighth of an inch thick, maybe. And literally, it was like trying to wash glue off. It was the stickiest, nastiest stuff I've ever worked with. And folks, I'm a plumber, okay? Use your imagination. But I scrubbed and I scrubbed and I scrubbed. And for the first time, I was, I was scrubbing in that little, in that little restroom in, the, in, my, in my room there in the hotel room. Kathy goes, well, you know, I'm trying to get this stuff off my shoes. And, and I scrubbed it. It was like glue. Folks, that, it dawned on me, that's what it was like. And so they, they're about to eat. They're there to party. They're there to have a celebration. Passover's a big deal. It's, it's the high point of the year for them. So they're there to have a great time. And all of a sudden, it gets real quiet. Because Jesus takes his robe off. And he picks up the basin and the towel. And they understood what he was doing. They knew what he was about to well, I don't know if they knew what he was about to do, but they knew what those two implements were used for. Because it was a very common courtesy in their day. For whenever you had a feast or you had a supper, that the the master of the house, his lowest servant, I mean the one at the bottom of the totem pole, the, the, the least of the pecking order, that was the one that got to wash feet. And so all of a sudden they see Jesus take up that towel and take up that basin and pour that water in that basin. And it must have begun to dawn on them what, what was fixing to happen. And it, it got, must have got really quiet. You see, it was a common courtesy to wash feet. It was a common courtesy to pour olive oil over the head and to greet with a kiss. You remember Jesus goes to a supper at Simon's house and uh, the woman comes and, 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 and pours out perfume on Jesus' feet and begins to, to cry and to weep with tears and she begins to wipe her feet. It was a very common thing in their day for, for the, the, the master of the house to allow his servant to wash the feet and they would, they would put oil on your head to refresh you, and they would greet you with a kiss. When I was in Mexico, they greet you with a kiss. I mean, they just grab you, and they kiss you on each cheek. I mean, you know, I'm like, what do I do? I mean, so I just let them kiss me, okay? I, I, I was afraid to kiss back. I didn't know what to, you know, I was just, it's not part of our culture, but it's part of theirs. And so here they are, and they're about to celebrate the Passover, and the most common courtesies have not been extended. Nobody said, you know what? There's 13 of us here tonight. There's 13 pairs of stinking feet in here. I need to wash feet. Nobody said that. None of the disciples offered to grab the towel in the basin and assume that position. And the master of the house takes that position. And you know the story. He, he begins to, to go around and he begins to wash those disciples' feet and he begins to dry them with a towel around him. And Jesus is not implementing a, an ordinance. Okay? Now, I, I know a lot of churches that have foot washing and that, that's fine. It's, it's not an issue. But that's not what he's doing here. Jesus is, is, is exemplifying a lifestyle. See, Jesus never said, go and do. Jesus said, watch me and I'll show you how. 
If you study the life of Jesus, you will find that. The disciples learned to heal by watching Jesus heal. They learned to deal with devils by watching Jesus deal with devils. They learned to watch Jesus. I mean, they learned how to, to, to interact with, with culture by watching how Jesus did it. And Jesus didn't do it like anybody else. Jesus was not afraid of the lepers. He was not afraid of the prostitutes. He was not afraid of those people that were down and out, who the religious people of his day said, you know what, they're, they're useless. They're the people of the land. They're sinners. They'll never amount to anything. We don't have time for them. Folks, that's what the church of his day, that's how they lived. There was the religious elite, and then there was the rest of us. Okay? They could have cared less. And Jesus comes, and you know what? The religious elite are important, and the down and out are important. And in fact, if you study Scripture very closely, the only folks he rebuked over and over and over were the religious elite. He chewed them out. Oh, Jesus, meek and mild, the picture on the, that we see in Sunday schools with the long, flowing blonde, I mean, golden brown hair, chestnut hair, and the glow around That may have been your picture of Jesus, but that was not the Jesus of the New Testament. Jesus got angry. He got angry. It was righteous anger. He never sinned, but he got righteously anger. You know what he got angry at? What God was angry at. And God is angry when we abuse people for our own gain. God is angry when we ignore people because we don't know what to do. That makes God angry. You see, God sent Jesus. I love the way Jesus puts it. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served. This is King of kings, Lord of lords. This is the one who the angels sing holy, 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 holy to. This is the one whom the demons bow to because they know him as El Elyon. They know him as the God Most High. And he says, I came not to be served but to seek and to serve that which was lost. Folks, we have to become a church that seeks and serves, not just serves. I'm going to say that again. We have to go hunt people to serve. Okay? Now, that may not resonate very well in you, but that's who God's called us to be. I want to read you a passage. It's found in Luke chapter 22. This won't be on the screen. You'll have to turn here. Connie didn't know I was going to do this. She didn't have time to get it up there. So I want you just to turn. This is the story. Uh, Literally, prior to this, in one of the other accounts, James and John's mother come. And they want to ask Jesus for a favor. And so they, she asks if they could sit one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, you know what, that's not up to me. And in one of the, the gospel accounts, this follows that. In this particular one, uh, this follows after Jesus serves the Passover meal. But I'm just going to read verse 25 through... Verse 27. And they begin to argue among themselves about who would be greatest among them. Isn't that about what we spend most of our time doing? Jockeying for position. 
Folks, I've, I went to Mexico. Let's see, I was in Mexico back a week, somewhere else a week, okay, three weeks ago, okay? I was with the poorest of the poor, okay? Then this past week, I was in North Carolina at a writer's conference, and there wasn't very many poor people there. There's nothing wrong with the conference. I don't want you to get the wrong idea about this. But uh, but in Mexico, where I was at, they were just trying to stay alive. At the writer's conference, we were trying to learn how to promote ourselves on social media. It, it, does that, I mean, if you want to sell books and you want to write books, you have to sell books. And so we were learning that. And so it was it was extremes. I, I've been on the roller coaster ride. I've been with the poorest of the poor, and now I was here. And, and some of the folks, it was all about me. A lot of the folks it wasn't, but there were some it was all about me. In Mexico, it was just about surviving today. And so, in one place, it wasn't about who's the greatest. In the other place, it sort of was. And Jesus answered them. He told them, he said, In this world, the kings and the great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you shall take the rank of the lowest, and the leader shall be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. Over and over and over, Jesus hammered this message home. You know what? There is nothing wrong with fame. There's nothing wrong with prestige, okay? As long as you know how to handle it. Jesus said the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And folks, until we begin to seek out those that we can serve, those that we can say, hey, you know what? We love you. Let me demonstrate it. See, that's what servants did. Servants served. They met the needs of, of the people that they worked for. And folks, that's our calling. It's to serve. It's to meet the needs of the people that we encounter. You say, well, I don't have much money. You know what? It doesn't take money. Sometimes it just takes an arm around somebody's shoulder and a hug. Sometimes it takes five minutes just sitting down and letting that person talk. Sometimes it's just a ride to the drugstore. Sometimes it's just as simple as leaving a box of groceries on their doorstep. Sometimes it could be anything. Service is about finding the needs, seeing the needs. Our problem is we don't see the needs. So we have to learn to look past situations and see the needs. What God's been teaching me the last three weeks is, is just pause a few minutes every once in a while. Just be still and pay attention to what's going on. Sh shut the clutter off and just listen. And it's been amazing what he's shown me. Uh, one of the things when I went to Mexico is it, that I prayed is that, God, they won't see me as a pastor who knows everything. Because, God, you and I both know that I don't know anything. 
I am poor and miserable. And I've got so much more to learn. I just love the Apostle Paul. As Paul gets close to the end of his life, you know what he calls himself? The chief of sinners. The closer he got to God, the more he could see himself. And folks, I realize I don't know anything, so I pray, God, I don't want to get in your way. I know you want to teach these pastors and these lay people from these churches. I know you want to teach, and I don't want to get in your way. And on the way down, God spoke to me just as clear as you can hear my voice. And, and he told me, he said, I want you to wash those pastors' feet. I said, okay, God, no big deal. There'll be four or five of them. That won't be too bad. I'll do that. Well, I get in there the first day, and there's 25 or 30 people in there. And it's, it's wall to wall. I mean, seriously. It's, it's a kitchen size, dining room size. I said, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. What do you want me to do? I want you to wash their feet. I said, okay. Now, there were men and women, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't do anything offensive, okay? So I asked the guy that was interpreting for me. I knew him. He knew me. And I said, look, God's told me to, to wash the people's feet. And folks, you thought I hit him with a baseball bat. His mouth just dropped. He said, what? I said, yeah. Uh, well, well. I said, would it be okay if, if I do that? I mean, is there a cultural thing? He goes, I, 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 I. he didn't know what to say. I said, well, here's what we'll do. You ask, and here's how I'll know. If they take their socks and their shoes off, or they take their shoes off, I'll know. He said, but, 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 but. I said, no, we're, we'll, we'll just do it that way. And so we asked. I have no clue what he said because I don't speak Spanish. Okay? And I started on the far side. I said, I want to wash your feet first. No, I need to wash your I said, no, I want to wash your feet first. And then I just worked my way around the room. And I don't know any Spanish except just a few phrases I learned in high school. One of them happened to be, como se llama? What's your name? And so everybody I came to, I used all the Spanish I had, como se llama? And they would give me their name, and I would pray for them. I washed their feet, and I move around. Now, folks, I want you to hear me, okay? There's nothing I did, and it's nothing about me. But God opened up heaven, and he opened up their ears so that they could hear what he wanted to say, the message that he wanted to say. I didn't get in God's way. And all I did was serve them. But as I worked my way around that room, I thought to myself, this is the most humiliating thing that I've ever done. This really is. I mean, here you are. You know, feet are feet, okay? No matter whose, whose legs are connected to, feet are ugly, okay? Most people have ugly feet. They have bunions and calluses and ugly toenails. And I'm, I'm getting all of this. But God's just saying, but this is how you serve. Service is ugly. It's not always pretty. They're, all, they're not always cameras there to catch a snapshot of it and appear on the nightly news. Sometimes service happens in places nobody else knows about it. It's nasty and it's dirty. But you know what? Whenever we serve, God does this in our category. Yeah. I worked my way around that room, and I was so humbled. I couldn't hardly speak for about 20 minutes. That God had allowed me 
to teach 25 or 30 of the leaders of his kingdom in that place. Folks, I learned far more from them that week than I taught them. Far more. But what I realized as I, as I left is that God had knocked down a wall there. Because you see, they have in their minds that whenever a pastor comes from America, he knows everything. And they don't know anything. Folks, that's not true. That's not true. I, I was listening to a pastor a few weeks ago. And he was talking about a conference that he did at his church. And he said he had some of his best friends there. And they, some, they were very good Bible teachers. They were some of the most famous in the country. And he was personal friends from them. And he wanted to spend some time with them. Just didn't have a lot of time. There's people coming in. And he, he was shaking hands. And he wanted to get to the front, but he couldn't get there. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to the front. And he, he started down the aisle. He noticed a guy in a hoodie. And it was just, for some reason, he was just drawn to stop. And he says, sir, I am glad you're here tonight. He said, the man removed the hoodie. It was Jesus. He said, you know what? I'm glad you're here tonight. Folks, when you serve, you may serve Jesus. It may be the feet of someone who has has filth and dirt on them. It may be someone who's sitting on a sidewalk that reeks of urine. It may be someone who has nothing. And when you have served them, you have served Jesus. You remember what Jesus said? If you give a cup of cold water in my name, if you visit the sick, if you visit those that are in the, in the prisons, you visited me. You fed me. See, we don't look at people that way. We need to see everyone as a, as a, as a part of Jesus. This is somebody Jesus loves. This is somebody Jesus cares about. How do I serve them? Folks, by the time that week was over down there, God had encouraged me. I went worn out, okay? I'm still worn out physically, but spiritually there's a fire burning because I know God called us to plant this church to be a refuge to be a place where God could, a place of restoration and a place of relationship. I know that. I'm not good enough to come up with those words that I'll do all that. So I know this was God. And folks, this has to be a safe place. It has to be a place where broken people can come and be restored. And it has to be a place that we build relationships, that we shake hands, we hug necks, we seek out the needs that need to be met. Jesus has called us to wash the feet of this community and the communities around us. He didn't call us to, to have put up a marquee with a program on it and say, y'all come. He called us to go out, to seek those that are hurting, to seek those that are hungry, to seek those that are messed up, that just need somebody to say, you know what, I care. I really do care. Folks, I'm, I'm watching God transform us slowly, but he's transforming us. Sometimes he has to chisel off stuff, doesn't he? Sometimes he has to kill stuff. I'm going to tell you what, you wash 25 people's feet, that's 50 set of feet. God can chisel off some stuff. It's amazing how quick he can. And when I finally got to the end of it, 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 was, a, it was a blessing to be able to take that person's feet and pray for them. See, I forgot about washing their feet. I realized I'm getting to pray for them. 
I'm getting asked the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to bless this person, to use this person in his kingdom in this city. And God totally changed my heart. Most of you know the story, this part of the story comes to Peter. And, and Peter recognizes who Jesus I mean, he knows he's the one who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the man. You're the Messiah. And he, he you know, he can't fathom the master watches, washing his feet. And yet Jesus tells him that unless I wash your feet, you won't be a part of mine. And so Peter does what Peter always says, well, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. And, you know, Jesus gives him, he says, all I need to do is wash your feet, son, just Chill out, relax. And then it says this. And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again, and he sat down, and he asked, Do you understand what I'm doing? In other words, does this make any sense to you? He says, You call me teacher, rabbi. You call me Lord, kurios. I am the Lord, and I am your teacher. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. In other words, since I have served you in the most demeaning, I've taken the position of the lowest slave. I've done what nobody else will do. Guess what? You should serve in the same way. One thing I learned when I was in plumbing business and when I worked for, as a superintendent for another plumbing company, that if I wasn't willing to do something, then I shouldn't ask one of my men to do that. Now, here's what I've learned in business, okay? There are plenty of people who don't live that way. And they have a whole group of rebels who follow them because they know their boss there's no way he's going to do what he's asked them to do. But I just learned, I, I stumbled into it, that, you know what, if I get down in the ditch with my guys, they'll get down in the ditch and they'll stay there as long as they need to. If, if we've got to do something that's distasteful, and I won't go into that kind of stuff, but if, if I'll do that, you know what, they'll do that. And folks, that's the way it is in the church. If the leaders will serve, everybody else will serve. See, it works from the top down. Well, I'm just going to tell you, this is going to be a serving church. We're going to serve this community. God's going to open doors for us to serve. And you know what? There's not a lot of glory in serving. We may not have huge numbers. But you know what? One of these days when we get to heaven, God's going to say, hey, let me show you that board I've been marking on. Welcome. Enter into the, the service and the glory of your master. You see, we're not, we're not building rewards here. We're not building a kingdom here. Folks, we're building a resume for eternity here. See, if I'm not willing to do it here, I probably won't want to do it there, which means I probably won't be going there. Now, you can apply that any way you want to, Okay. If there's something I'm not willing to do, how can I ask anybody else to do it? If I'm not willing to stop and and kneel down and minister to somebody that's sitting on the sidewalk that reeks of urine, how can I ask you to do that? If 
I'm not willing to, to sit down and talk to somebody who's got some issues and some problems. You know what? Here, let me, can I share a secret with you all as a pastor? 95% of the time, I don't know the answer either. I don't know what to tell them either except Jesus. But very often as they talk, they figure out what Jesus wants them to know anyway. And I, I, I can stop praying, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I don't know what to say. God speaks to them. He just needs somebody to listen, to grab their hand, to weep with them, to rejoice with them. See, service is not all about undesirable things. We get to do a lot of great things. Sometimes you, you get to help somebody that, that just goes nuts and they cook you a strawberry shortcake or something. You know, Although we don't do it for that, but sometimes there's blessings. See, it's not just it's not the, all the extremes. That's just a part of it. There ought to be nothing we're unwilling to do. So he gets to Peter. Peter does his thing, and Jesus says, Do you understand what I'm doing? And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. And listen to verse 15. I have given you an example to follow. This is what it looks to be this is what it looks like to be someone who comes to seek and to serve those who are lost. He gives us a picture. He gives us an instruction sheet. Now I know most well about half of you in here don't like instructions, do you? Y'all just that's the first thing you wad up and throw away. And you don't use. But Jesus gave us a a, a living picture of what it looks like. He says, I'm your instruction sheet. Do as I have done to you. I want you to think about this for just a minute. You're the only one that can paint this picture. You're the only one who knows. But I want you to think about where you were before Christ saved you, before he came to be Lord of your life. Now, for some of us, that's going to take us a long way back. Some of us have been believers since we were children. I want you to think of who you were. Think of where you were at. Think of the things you thought about. Folks, we're not much different before Christ than the guy that's sitting on the sidewalk that reeks. You see, our sin stunk to heaven. It really did. It was a stench, the Bible says, in God's nose. We didn't have anything to offer, just like that guy or that lady has nothing to offer. We'd sold ourselves, just like those prostitutes. Or worse, we'd given ourselves away. We were nothing. And Jesus said, I came to find you. I turned over every rock. I turned every bush. I peered through every bush. I went around every corner and down every dark alleyway to find you. I came to seek you out and to serve you. What did Jesus do? He, need, he did what we needed the most. Sometimes folks don't need a dollar bill. Sometimes folks just need a hug. They need, they need to feel the warmth of another human being. Sometimes they just need to know that they are loved. They know most people despise them. Sometimes they don't, they don't need something to eat. 
Sometimes they just need somebody to sit with them. See, service comes in all kind of colors, in all kind of ways. And Jesus says, I want you to pay attention to what I've done. I want you to follow my example. Do what I've done. Then he says in verse 16, I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now you know these things. And listen to what he says. God will bless you if you think about them. Is that what he says? If you'll memorize them. If you'll write them on your placards outside your churches. If you'll put them on bumper stickers and stick them to your bumper. If you'll get on the radio and talk about it left and right. You'll write it in books. No, that's not what he says. He says, now, you know these things. God will bless you for doing them. See, doing is an action. It means we have to get up off of our comfortableness and move out into places that are not as comfortable. And we have to act. Folks, I believe God's calling us to act. We have an opportunity in a couple of weeks to serve a community who, let's just be honest, they've got nothing to give us. They've got everything to give Jesus. We get to serve them just for the simple joy of serving them, of meeting needs, of sharing Christ, of of hugging a little boy or a little girl, of of trying to talk with a a man or a woman whose English is broken. It's just spending some time. We get an opportunity to serve them and show them that everything they see on TV or everything they hear here and there is not true, that there really is a Jesus. And he may have just walked through their community in a couple of weeks. See, we get to be Jesus. They hear all the other stuff. They see all the other stuff. They need to see Jesus. Jesus serves. Jesus seeks. He goes looking for people who he can meet their needs. And folks, it doesn't just stop there. When we leave here today, you will trip over people who need the same thing. The little girl that waits on you at the restaurant. She just needs somebody to say thank you. The Lord bless you. And you don't need to give her a quarter tip. You need to give her a decent tip, okay? She's getting paid minimum wage, okay? She's not getting rich. When you go to Walmart through the garden center, you need to speak to those people that guard the door so nobody will take stuff out. You need to tell them, hey, you know what? Appreciate what you do. God bless you. When the when the lady at the at the at the cashier and I have this gift, okay? If I if you see me in line, get in another line, okay? Because I'll shut that line down at some point, okay? It's just a gift. But when you get in the line and it shuts down and you've had to stand there for ten minutes and you get up to that lady, don't be sharp and ugly. Just bless her. Just say something. Kind of, smile at her and say thank you. So you you'll make her day. God has called us to serve, to serve. Folks, the illustration is, is washing feet. Washing feet. wish I'd have thought about it a little bit. I don't know what the equivalent in our culture would be. 
but there is something. God's calling us to serve. He's calling us to meet people's needs. Because, folks, when we meet physical needs or emotional needs, the door opens up for spiritual needs to be met. And Jesus steps in there. And Jesus works on that person's heart. You know, it's easy to say, I love you. But it's a lot more powerful to show somebody that you love them. Because when you show them that you love them, they don't have any doubts. And they'll listen to you. So we've got sharing the gospel backwards. We want to proclaim rather than demonstrate. We need to demonstrate and then proclaim. They go together. Jesus proclaims, he demonstrates. He demonstrates and he proclaims. I'm going to stop because I think the Lord wants me to stop. I want to read a passage out of Galatians and I'll be done. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 it's Paul says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't let your freedom, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. That's a powerful verse. God has set us free. Not to do everything we want or be everything that we think we want to be. He has set us free so that we can share that freedom with others. You know what? When you give a cup of cold water, take a box of food, give somebody a ride, you just sit down and talk to somebody you don't know, you're demonstrating the freedom that they could have. The freedom that God wants to give them as well. Folks, it's time we became demonstrations of Jesus demonstrations of Jesus. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.